From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 478. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Harry's, and Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Downey. Hi, Brad. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm busy, man. I'm busy. <laughs> Very busy. I'm not going to be on the show next week. Um, so we're going to talk about the podcast-a-thon in a little bit. Uh, so we're doing podcast-a-thon next week. And Brad was like, hey, if you need to take time off for doing that, you can. And I was like, no, no, I'll be fine. And then <laughs> Apple announced an event for Tuesday. So the combination of those two things, unfortunately, has pushed me over the edge. So Brad is going to be picking up the reins of a wonderful guest uh, for next week's episode. Yep. Top secret waiting on uh, final confirmation. But I think everyone will enjoy the conversation greatly. So speaking of uh, St. Jude, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month for the third consecutive year. We are supporting the life-saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is finding cures and saving children. Because cancer kills more children under the age of 14 than any other disease, and doctors from all 50 states in the U.S. and around the world refer their patients to St. Jude because they have the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive childhood cancers. St. Jude also provides thousands of free consultations for doctors treating children worldwide, including kids in your community. This September, you have already helped Relay FM surpass over $1 million raised for the kids of St. Jude during our third annual Relay FM for St. Jude fundraising campaign. We'll get back to that in a second. You can help us cross this, like you can help us continue to move forward through to our goals by donating right now at stjude.org/slash relay. If you donate a single gift of $100 or more, you'll receive an exclusive sticker pack at the end of the campaign. And if your company does corporate matching for donations, just send us an email at stephen at relay.fm because you can double your donation that way. The Relay FM podcast-a-thon for St. Jude will be happening on September 17th from 12 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Eastern US time at twitch.tv slash Relay FM. Tune in to help us uh, support St. Jude and donate today at stjude.org slash Relay. Let's cure childhood cancer together. Awesome. When you think about raising $1 million total, mm -hmm. like what it, where does your mind go to? Because it, it, <sighs> it's, it's amazing. It, it really is. I'm so proud of y'all in this community. Well, we're all a part of it. Right, mm -hmm. we're all doing our part for this. So yeah, this is our third year. We we crossed two hundred thousand dollars raised yesterday evening, which was what we needed to go over a million over the three years. You know, we'd raised eight hundred thousand mm -hmm. in the last two years, um, and we got to to a million now in three years, which is just, I mean, it's astounding. It, it was an incredibly emotional um, evening last night. Uh, me and Steven streamed live on Twitch to talk about it and and, and celebrate it a little bit. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to the to the video. We okay. also um, set off some confetti cannons uh, <laughs> nice. in our respective studios, which caused much distress. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to see what that looks like, uh, for like, it will be a Twitch replay for the next couple of weeks. But I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, cool. So people can go there, and plus that that's where you want to go to to follow the channel, um, so you so you'll be able to watch the podcast. Yes, as well. yes. So pen addicts are doing our part, mm -hmm. and with the help of a bunch of great friends in the community, we're doing a raffle to raise money for St. Jude. We'll have a link in the show notes to the original post. Mike, I'm gonna have a second post, an okay. update post out today with even more wonderful prize donations from our good friends. So we already have my field notes collection, which 
I'm going to say this like quietly and secretly. We're, we're efforting the, the full run, like the, uh, the oh, 30, no 36, way. 36 through 51. I think we're going to get the whole thing done by the time we're done, but I don't, I'm not going to lock in yet, but I think we can do it. So I'm working on that. Oh my God. Um, really? Yeah. 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 So we're going to have a full run of up Whoa. to from the beginning to the current edition. Uh, of that's going to be so big moves work on that. if we get that sorted yep. out. I hope well, that's happening how I think it might be happening. It is not, but okay. uh, oh, it, is happening okay. with, it is happening with wonderful friends of the show. Wow. Um, that's you know, even it's better. A lot, <laughs> it's a lot easier when I have all the hard stuff taken care of. We can all chip in and make the, the current stuff happen. Right, so we're gonna get that done. We have the Carolina pin, spoke pin, uh, eyedropper insert. We have the Canalea pin, Kona cherry. We have the Kasamatala uh, ultim from Mark Backus, the nib grinder. We have the Shown Design ultim from Shown Design. The new additions. We have a good made better pinwell, the Craftsman Mike, the big nice one with the brass base in deluxe galaxy black from our friends at Good Made Better. We have four. Mike, four Opus fountain pens from an avid Opus fountain pen collector in the community wow. who wishes to remain anonymous. Thank you. And then person. we have, I have at least three more things I'm trying to finalize by the day is over and I get this new post up. And that and that's not all. That's just the stuff I'm going to get finalized. By, so, by the time we finish this, everyone's <laughs> going to win something. <laughs> <laughs> With some of these offers I've had, we could, but <laughs> I don't want to ship incredible. that many prizes. That's but no, we have, we have a bunch of stuff coming in, a bunch more prizes. If you want to participate, um, you donate through... What's the, what's the link everyone should go to, Mike? stjude.org slash relay. Go there and... Make your donation. Every $10 you donate, you get one raffle ticket. And the way I'm keeping up with this is you forward your receipt from your donation or a screenshot or something of that nature to Jude at penaddict.com. And then I'm collecting all of those receipts. For every $10 you enter, you get one raffle ticket entered into a spreadsheet. I have 93 emails currently I need to sort that's, through That's Mike. incredible, though. I, uh, <laughs> 90, that's 93 donations so far. Yeah. That is... I mean, I will say, like, you know, we're always astounded every year. This year, like, we genuinely cannot believe how much we've raised to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it really, like, last year's goal was a quarter of a million. Mm-hmm. If things continue, we might get there before the podcastathon even begins. That's like, true. We're That's at $212,000 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's truly astounding. Like, uh, you know. I'm not going to start crying again. I did enough of that last night. <laughs> we'll save really that for me later. Just, yeah, it's just, it's um, it's unbelievable. Like, it means so much to us that, yep. that everybody gets on board with this. And I just want to give a special shout out to everyone donating prizes. And I'll, I'll make sure the blog post is updated and everyone gets to see the new stuff today. And there will be more. Like, this is not stopping anytime soon. You have about two weeks to get in. Uh, it wraps up on September 21st to get your... Um, donation receipts into St. Jude at Panatic.com and be entered in the raffle for what's turned out to be dozens of awesome prizes. So yep. there you go. You'd be wild not to do it. Like, you know, it's an incredible cause uh, and you can get an entry for just 10 bucks and before these prizes, I mean, come on, what are you yep. waiting for? Yep. 
All right, you ready to do a show? I sure am. Thank you, everyone, for putting up yes. with all of this too. Like, it means a lot to us that you listen to it. It really does. Like, no joke. Like, this is yeah. I I could just go on forever about mm-hmm. this community and how awesome y'all are, and we appreciate that y'all allow us to do this and are actively participating in this. So it's great. All right. I want to give a Yovo nib update, Mike, sort of like I, like everything I feel like when I talk about Yovo, Hey, what's going on with Yovo? Everything's like in air quotes, right? Like I feel, yeah, kind of, yes, sort of. Well, we at least have a large needle moving update from sort of Yovo themselves and mostly Meister nibs, the U S distributor. They obviously have, Meister Nibs that is, has a big need to push this with Yovo, right? Because they're the ones in our community that are getting hammered because, you know, Yovo is essentially out of communications reach, mm-hmm. right? So, and they're the distributor, going, right? Meister they're Nibs. the distributor in the US. So, there's a post from Brian at Meister. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, basically, Yovo is committed to replacing every housing that Brian owns currently, My word. including replacing all of the replacement that he has already taken upon himself, which I can't imagine the the extra work going into doing this, which is where I'm super grateful for him and his staff. Um, you know, replacing all the broken ones out in the field, right, from people having broken nibs, which is I mean, excuse me, broken uh, housings. So in the hundreds and hundreds. Um, and then Yovo coming around saying they theoretically have it fixed. So we're going to send you, you know, stacks and stacks and probably thousands of they these believe housings they to replace. have like solved their issue, right? Yeah. I, okay. I mean, I'm not going to give like a capital Y yes. But, you know, based on their latest Instagram post, like... Their, their second Instagram post. Their, their second Instagram post <laughs> Which ever. I love. I love that this account only exists for this. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to keep posting the same image every time. And it's just, it's just their logo. And then it's like, hey, uh, we're here to talk about the next issue. <laughs> yeah, it's like a visual performance art account, right? It's just going to be the same <laughs> it's just picture. Apologies. It's like, you know, like you see those... Um, you get the like the 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 AI generated things. It's just like AI generated yeah. apologies. Yeah. So I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read the 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 main piece and not the whole thing. It says we found that in a small percentage of housings, the plastic tended to break. As a result, the injection molding process was changed by the manufacturer so that this defect will no longer occur. Mm-hmm. The primary cause of the issue was the operating temperature of the injection molder in a few production runs. Okay. All right. So Happens. supposedly fixed, and then. Yovo, the way I read the Meister Nibs post, is just going scorched earth with the old product and flat out replacing it with mm-hmm. new good housings. That's the idea. So shout out to Brian and Meister Nibs for uh, stepping up, taking on a massive amount of work. I cannot tell you how <laughs> intensive it is to change that many housings because you have to pull the nib and the feed and then swap the housing. That sounds easy. I mean, it's not easy to do it just to one of them. Like, it doesn't yeah. work that easily. And doing that a hundred times, like, I can't, I still have trouble with my wrist removing those. Like, I can't do them in bulk, oh, right? yeah, of course. Yeah, so, yeah. I know <laughs> that it's just a complete pain. 
um, and just time consuming. So thanks to the, to Brian. Hopefully this gets us over the hump and onto good products and consistent quality products from Yovo again, which they were no, that's why we love them in the first place. Mm-hmm. And this was a failing on their part. And I think they're doing took, the right thing though here, Brad. Yeah, yeah. The only issue is it took them too long. And this is this is the small maker versus the faceless company, right? You just can't get the communication that we, being you and I in this mm-hmm. community, have face to face with problems with the people that we support when we're dealing with, you know, a company with a board, you know, on a stock exchange, you know, that type of that type of communication relationship, it always takes longer than we want it to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, there's so like... Uh, we uh, got uh, there. Maybe I'm, I don't know why, but I'm giving them maybe a little bit more benefit than that, which is just like, maybe they just didn't know what the problem was and it's taken them this long to yeah. try and work it out. And what are you going to say? Sorry, we have no idea why this is happening. You know? I don't that's, Yes, that is, that. A th- that is a route you can choose to take, but you don't... Yeah. I don't think that there's one way to do to deal with these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this might have just been the best way they could deal with it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's just it just never ends well, even if it does end well, when it gets to the point where it looks like the yelling made the difference in the result. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's so there is definitely a way to do some kind of intermediary communication, but I I don't know what it's hard to know what the right thing to do is and mm-hmm. ultimately like there there could be an argument to be made that it was always going to end up at this point anyway so if, like you know like you know as you're saying about the yelling making the difference like if they would have mm-hmm. said like we don't know what the issue is people were still going to be yelling at them so like I agree it, yeah ultimately was was there any outcome other than this one I don't know I don't know Yeah I um, agree I, I agree with everything you're saying yeah it's it's I, I'm glad there's some movement in the positive direction, which yeah. I feel that's where we're at now. What we'll is the see. phrase like uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't? Right. Like I, th- I feel like sometimes you're you're in that that that's kind of just where they are. I mean, mm-hmm. but for me, always, always the ultimate is how it's resolved. Like that's the important part. Like it's mm-hmm. how it's resolved. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it feels like they're going above and beyond to resolve this. Yeah. Like that's quite an aggressive way of resolving it. Like yep. proactively shipping them to fix. You know, could they could just say, yeah. Hey, if you have an issue, you contact us and then we'll yeah, send yeah. you one we'll send you one, right? Yeah. So, this uh, is essentially they're gonna they're gonna zero out the old old inventory and put in the new mm-hmm. and hopefully we're all golden from that point forward. Yeah, especially if, if you believe them that it's a percentage. Mm-hmm. Well, like if it was just a percentage, and I'm sure it is just a percentage because I, I have, you know, because I think that's been the case, right? It's not been every. Yeah, every, but I mean, percentage of them for them is tens of thousands of units. Yeah, yeah, sure. but, but what I mean is like if they, what they're not like, if it is just a percentage, then you could just say like, okay, if you come across any broken ones, we'll fix them. Right. But going this route of like, we're just going to replace the whole thing. That's a huge cost. Yeah, that's good. So. And but this is, I believe, is the right way to do it. I think they're doing it the right way for for their customers. Yes. But it, you know, I think it's worth just noting that like that's uh that's quite an investment they're making. Yep. Yep. So hopefully, uh, we're all good from this mm-hmm. point forward. 
All right, let's take our first break and thank our friends over at Squarespace for their support of this week's episode. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to help you build your online presence and run your business. They have everything that you're going to need from website building tools to online store functionality, marketing tools, analytics, domain name, registration, SEO, and email marketing tools. They have got it all. There's nothing to patch, install, or upgrade. With Squarespace, when you build your website there, you'll get unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. They combine cutting-edge design with world-class engineering to make it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. Whether you want to showcase your work of a portfolio, publish your next blog post, really get the word out about your new business. Maybe you want to announce an upcoming event. It doesn't matter what type of website you want to make. Squarespace has everything that you're going to need to make it beautiful, to make it modern, to make it awesome. You start with a professionally designed template. You use drag and drop tools to make it your own. Customize the look, the feel, the settings, the products, everything with just a few clicks. And all of their websites are optimized for all kinds of devices, so it's going to look great no matter where your customers are coming from. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support, so if you need any help, they're going to be there for you. Uh, I really love Squarespace. I've used them for as long as I can remember now. They, they are my first stop when it comes to putting something online. I know Brad's the same. I know Brad has a mm-hmm. bunch of websites over on Squarespace, and it's purely because like they're just the best place for us to put our stuff. It's fantastic. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict and you'll save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. That's squarespace.com slash penaddict. Then when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. I think we need a new name for this segment that's about to happen, Mike. Okay. The one segment that seems to be more frequently occurring is the segment where Brad gets angry about things that don't matter. You, so I saw this, so we're (laughs) going to talk about a post that Brad put on Instagram. And I read the text yesterday (laughs) and I was surprised uh, at your anger. So this is in relation to some new Pokemon branded Energel pens. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna do a dramatic reading uh, from from at pen addict on Instagram. When you grip the pen normally with the clip facing outwards, all you'll see is the most massive, ugliest barcode logo and details I have seen on a pen like this. It's egregious, disrespectful, and the designers should be embarrassed. <laughs> Did you like that? That was good. That That's was good. You. That was you. <laughs> so this came out of a Twitch stream yesterday. I was doing yep. an unboxing, and I pulled the pen out, and I'm like, "Oh, sweet! These look at this beautiful. Pikachu pen. The it artwork is, is stunning on these. I love the it. color. The color choices. Just everything. the way they draw the Pikachu. It's like it's yep. it's like unfinished. It's like sketched. It looks really good. Yes, I, it looks great. And then I turned it over to start to write with it. I clicked the knock, and I was like, "Wait a minute! All I see is this terrible." logo barcode Mm -hmm. and descriptions on the pen i was like is that an accident can i twist any of this around can i move it can i peel it off and it's like no that's what you see when you write that's what's visibly apparent and i lost my mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it caught me off guard i was like really the first i grabbed the pen i go oh man cool pikachu this pen looks fantastic i love the colors like the one i'm using the first one i grab is like brown and Mm -hmm. 
yellow and off white and it's just really extremely well done like you said and then i went to use it and i was like this is abhorrent <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know any other way to say it it's like if someone took the back cover of a book and used it for the front cover right it feels completely backwards there's no redeeming value to this pen visually when you use it as pens are intended to be set up right generally it, the clip like, facing outwards very upsetting the thing like that, that upsets me the most is just that like you print the barcode just, just yeah. stick the barcode on if you're gonna yeah. like everything else would have been fine like the text and stuff it's like it's it's got its own flair to it you know like it's part english part japanese yeah. like yeah but it, it needs was, to roll it, around to the backside. i mean i agree with you but i mean, I mean you can't be under the clip but it, it has to be rotated there's something there should be something going on but uh, the thing that annoys me the most is is the is the barcode being printed on the pen yeah because that's not something you always see i feel a lot of the time it is a sticker and I don't know why they, they felt like they needed to do that. Yeah, and I thought it might be a mistake, right? And I grabbed the second one out, second one that I ordered, which has, mm-hmm. uh, it's like a three different uh, Pikachus. He's doing a, have a swell time Pikachu is what it says on here. And it's it's laid out the exact same way. So my gut tells me that this is what the future will look like once our robot overlords take over, Mike. I don't think a human being had any idea that this happened Interesting. because there's no way that anyone in their right mind would have sent this out into the market because okay. it, it's essentially backwards right this is like it's a pin wrap right so the design gets designed in a wrap and the wrap rolls around the barrel well in this case it's a very specific notch cut out for the clip and i just can't imagine the artist or the designer or pen teller anyone approved this to leave and i guess they just assume that like well, pokemon anything is going to sell so we just pokemon all the things and we stick them in the true. robot and we shoot them out and now we have pokemon energels and they're on the counter and everyone picks it up and goes oh pokemon this looks fantastic which it does that's why i ordered it and then you get it home and use it and you're just like oh well it looks like a bunch of crap i my really like what i see is like it was approved as an image. Right. But then when you use it, you see that maybe yeah. it's not ideal. But like the image in the packaging looks great. <laughs> Doesn't it? Right. <laughs> it's, and it's one of the better looking designs. If you like if you like using the clip jammed into your hand while you're writing with a pen, this is the pen for you. This mm-hmm. is the pen for you. So anyway. Um, all right. That's my segment on Brad gets mad about things that don't matter. Cool. I will not get mad about the Pilot Vanishing Point Black Ice 2021 Limited Edition. Although I'm not doing like handstands and cartwheels for it. What do you... Do you remember the Pilot Vanishing Point, Mike? <laughs> That's what I feel about this this uh, release. What do you... What do you... What are your initial thoughts when you see this? I mean, I'm over this. I was over this pen a long time ago. Right? I think That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So what are they going to do to make us not over this anymore? It looks great. Like, bar none, it looks fantastic. There are also five additions into this um, gradient type of color or so. So what we learned a couple of years ago is every year there is a North American and European 
Pilot Vanishing Point Limited Edition. Yeah, you know, we've seen these in the past um, ten years. I don't know how long. And every other year, the design rotates between a choice of Pilot North America gets to choose the design for the year, or Pilot France gets to choose the design for the year that both regions get. So all of these gradient color ones come out of Pilot North America, and then all of like the black, like the guilloche ones, and like the black stripe ones, you know, with the designs, those all come from France. So you can tell the alternate years who made what. And this is a little bit resting on your laurels type of thing. This is what has worked for the past decade, or in the case of the gradients, maybe the past six or eight years. And it's going to work this time. Um, the price keeps creeping up there. We're up to 257 on this model, which is fine. Like, it's not great. Like, the regular vanishing points are like 160, 170. Those have even gone up. But it's just like... Marketing is funny, and design is funny these days. Mm-hmm. Because we are just hammered all the time with new stuff and then pilot keeps releasing the same old stuff and i'm like yeah it's cool like it's like i said it's what's worked in the past but i want them let's can we do something different you know in 2023 like let's you know i i i have faith in you pilot you know believe in your north american market and your european market to kind of try something different right I, I i just want them to try something different like i get it instead of like next year giving me you know the the orange and white creamsicle vanishing point i would probably love it but i would never buy it i, w- I want to buy another vanishing point and this ain't it uh, i'll tell you what i would need well not need but you know they need to redesign this pen yeah it's old so. now it just looks old now hmm to me, like I've it seen can, this okay. design for so long. How about update instead of redesign? You lose me on redesign, but how about update? Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. I, I know what it, you mean, but the profile I was taking of it. this pen needs to change. I believe. Okay. Like I, I won't argue that the Decimo is not a better pen. Mm. It's a narrow. It's a little bit narrower. Um, you're not going to get any argument from me if you say the. The Decimo is the superior version. <sighs> yeah, I don't know what you do. I, you know what I want to see if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna keep this size, give me, give me a raw metal one, like just lean into some crazy metal design, right? Because it's a brass under underlying pen. <laughs> give me something, and and I'm talking to you, France. You you have done the more subtle black ones and black and white stripe ones and the, the the classic ones I want y'all to strip it down to the bare metal and etch it or do something um, the saying in the discord about going back to the faceted design that I would be more interested in I would and I would like to see them do it metal on a metal barrel because the old faceted designs were plastic barrels right mm-hmm. and that the old faceted designs were more of the decimo size a little mm-hmm. bit thinner and i still think that's the best design um and they they use the same internals too so i don't know why there's you know that focus on the two different models i i wouldn't mind going back to the faceted but do it in the metal body if you gave me if you stripped this down to the metal and faceted it oof man i don't even know how many of those you'd sell 
<laughs> like this is just another vanishing point. It's great. I I think this one looks awesome. I yeah. Just like it's fine. Like, but I I'm ready. Like I'm ready. Like you're saying, give me give me something new, redesign, update, make me want the vanishing point again because I still think it's one of the great pins. And I have like the two or three that I like, and I just don't have any intention of of you know getting another gradient. Even so what you're saying great. is that they need to strip it for parts. <laughs> strip it for parts. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. good for now. Strip it for parts. You know, like <laughs> I think for me, I think the thing I feel like you could have shown me this pen and been like, "Hey, do you remember this one from last year?" And I would probably <laughs> yeah. say yes. Yeah, I think that kind of. Puts a puts the point on it. Yeah, you could very Agreed. easily trick me that this was last year's special edition. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the issue that that they that they have now is yeah, just it's and like not, Rich Dix is saying in the chat, if it was cheaper, we would love them more. Yeah, I mean, we, we used to get these for like one forty, one fifty. Yeah, I mean, I remember when it was around now. that, like, because mm-hmm. I remember one fifty or one, yeah, like something less than two hundred. I remember it being like a big deal for me because it's the most I've ever spent on a pen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now the price keeps going up, and yeah. I, I don't really know if it warrants that anymore. Um, yeah. So, like I said, it's good. They will sell out completely. I don't think it's that outrageously priced. I think that's just the way the market is these days. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. I will. I will get into sailor more about their pricing than I will about pilot on this, this LE, but I mean, it's getting up there. That's, that's for sure. So anyway, I think it's just time. I think we're both in agreement. It's, it's let's, it needs to be freshened up. If you're going to continue moving forward with the vanishing point as a, an anchor product in your product line. Mm-hmm. Speaking of anchors, okay. like the zebra Sarasa R might be a boat anchor. Um, I don't say that happily. Um, I reviewed them recently on the blog, and they're fine. And what the Sarasa R is is one of the new, again, marketing-focused pens like the Uni Ball One, where both Uni and Zebra have decided that we, as consumers and stationary fans, need a gel pen that's jellier. It needs to be have more jelly brightness in its colors and they're saying uniball saying the pigmentation is richer and zebra saying we have 27 percent more color density and i'm just going gel pens and colors are cool they all look kind of good these don't seem special so i just wanted to point that out if you like the zebra sarasas and gel ink pens the zebra sarasa r is a good one you're going to be fine with the Zebra Sarasa clip. If you like the Uniball pens, the one's a good pen. I love the design of the one. I love the design of the Sarasa R. The Uniball RT1 or the Signo DX, they're just they're going to be as good if not better. And this is pretty much marketing. I prefer the design of the Uniball one. I think that, that that's a it's very great. slick looking pen. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I like I, I out of these two pens with these two high color pigmentation ink formulations, which is, which is what they're selling. Um, the Z- Zebra Sarasa R is a better writer than the Uniball one. I love that Uniball one barrel though. So anyway, I just wanted to bring this up. I this is like a 
I appreciate like the marketing and the R and D that goes into like trying new things. Like I always want companies to try new things, but this is, I don't think these high pigmented color versions of existing pens are going to like really move the needle forward. Like, I don't think they're going to like really stick the landing. Like they'll exist for a little bit and then they'll just kind of fade away when the next whatever marketing mm. thing they want to do that R&D comes up with. So I, they're not enough to move the needle past what's already really good pens, right? They're, each of them are fighting against themselves in what are really, really good gelling pens. They're, they're having to beat themselves, and it turns out to me they're just cannibalizing themselves. Like, well, it's not that much better, so... We'll see. I just wanted to point that out. So that uh, review is up. People have been asking me about it, asking me about the one and the R. Like, do they make a difference? Maybe, but the trade-off is worse performance. And that's that's these two pins in a nutshell. Worse performance how? The ink goes on the page wider, and it's a little spreadier. Okay. And it oftentimes bleeds, and it just doesn't feel great when you write with it okay. that's more for the one in the feel the zebra sarasar r actually feels normal the, the uniball one feels almost glossy when you're writing with it it's weird it's hard to explain it doesn't feel like a traditional pen where the zebra sarasar r feels exactly like the zebra sarasar clip to me just from a writing perspective but the ink performance is worse than their standard gels if you can believe that on both of these pens and you reckon it's something to do with the formulation? Like, why do you? It's got to be okay. Yeah, it's got to be the be, right? manipul. The, it's got to be the manipulation of of the formulation, which I can't really speak on. They're both saying one saying saturated and one saying denser. So same idea, right? right? And whatever that change is, is making the ink not as universally good as their standard gel ink pens. I okay. think that's the that's it in a nutshell. This uh, review was particularly full of puns. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I mean, the one I noticed. The second one, I, I did not <laughs> notice. Two, I guess that's puns. just how how ingrained. Pen, pens are punny to begin with, mm -hmm. right? Like, you just can't help it. And sometimes, like, it's obvious and I notice it. Sometimes it just happens because I've done it so long and it's just like, oh, well, I guess I'm, that was a thing I didn't even notice I said. You said on paper, figuratively, not literally. We'll get to that in a moment. Yep, okay. And mm -hmm. does mm -hmm. the 27% more color density make a big difference on the page? Not in my book. <laughs> that was a great one a that great I one. had no idea. That's good right? That writing, was like man. legitimately good. I had, until you put that in there, that would, that did not register with me when I wrote it. Yeah, it's a great quote that you had literally zero to do with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah, but it's good writing. It's good. You should embrace that. It's good. I'll work. I'll work on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. Let's try to spend some of my money. I'm going. I'm going right now. What do you got for me? We're going to talk about our friends over at Pen Chalet. They have everything you're looking for, from the very best rollables, fountain pens, ballpoints, to mechanical pencils, to pen holders, refills, converters, carrying cases, inks, and so, so much more. Pen Chalet are constantly adding new products to their site. Son and over. what's happening over there? I opened up the link. All right, keep going. My word, you scared me, Brad. Must be a good. There must be a good deal over there at Pen Chalet today. They have very fast and reliable customer service. 
uh, oh, I'm freaked out now. You, you, you know, you, you know, you do that thing when your adrenaline goes. That's where I am at right now. <laughs> sorry, Maybe sorry, mate. I'm so excited about Pen Chalet. Uh, they're always adding limited edition pens, accessories, everything that you're gonna want. They've got over there, over at Pen Chalet. They sell internationally with great shipping rates, and they do free shipping on orders of over fifty dollars in the United States. Pen Chalet has low prices on high quality pens and offers a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to penchalet.com, that's P E N C H A L E T.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website. You want to enter the password penaddict? This will get you a code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time at Pen Chalet, as well as these apparently incredible special offers. I, I haven't gotten past the first one because the Scribo. Puma fountain pen is something that has been on my radar for, I don't know, I would say a long time, but they haven't been around that wow, long since, that since is they a good launched. Price. So the issue with this pen is number one, myself, and I'm including myself in this commentary, not a lot of people know about Scribo, right? They're a relatively new company and they start on the high end of the writing spectrum, right? They're not like ramping you up like a lot of companies will start you at the lower ends and say, hey, here's our medium range and hey, here's our high-end pens. They start straight at, hey, everything we do is a high-end pen, right? So the uh, the Scribo Feel was a model that came out at least a year ago and was well-received, well-loved. Um, a lot of uh, OMAS design uh, ideas here. And then they came out with a second model, which I saw on the list today. It's called the Scribo Puma. And what this pen is, is their simple, basic pen. Smaller, straightforward shapes, you know, standard cigar, cigar shape, standard clip, really nice acrylics. And guess what, Mike? Very expensive, right? So I'm a fan of the Edison Perlette. It's a smaller acrylic barrel pen and it costs about a third or a half of what the Scribo Puma costs um, with the steel nib. Now these, these Pumas have uh 14 karat gold nibs um, flex nibs even I think. And I love the design. This is like my design. You want to know why I like Nakaya? Well, you look at one of these Scribo pens and say, boy, that's a great design, but it's too expensive. And like, that's a lot of the Nakaya thing too. So like this pen really speaks to me. But I've never even considered ordering one because I thought they were just too too much money, too expensive. And um, yeah, thanks, Ron. Ron, there's went some colors. Like, mm-hmm. what's the name? I need to find the name of this color. It's like a really pale blue. Mm-hmm. What, what's the name? Do you know the name of that color? Uh, yes. I, I just had the whole page up and I accidentally closed it. Hang on. I will get it for you. There we go. But yeah, okay. there's like two solid colors and two like acrylic um, kind of marbly colors. So the um, solid color is what? Altrove? No, that's burgundy. Ratio. Mm. The, the solid color one or the acrylic one? Oof. So Altrove... Yeah, it's hard to get the Is it Utopia? Right. Which one? The blue one? Yeah. The blue one is... Ooh, I think it's Leave. Leave. Liev. Okay. Gray-blue? I don't know. Yes, that one. Liev. Liev. Like, I wouldn't call that gray-blue. I, I don't know why it's called gray-blue. Yeah, That yeah, yeah. is a 
good looking collar. So it's right. nice pens. I can see why you freaked yeah. out considering the, that price is really good. You know what, Mike? They have some other good stuff on this list, like um, the Pilot Knight rollerballs, which I need to try. This oh, is our like friend the Neto's back again. Our friend the Neto, yeah. The, but the Pilot Knight ballpoint is like this vanishing point. If we turned it, not the the vanishing point does have rollerballs and ballpoints, but the um, the Pilot Knight is like the low end pretend vanishing point, mm-hmm. and it's like fifteen bucks. It's like crazy like if people want like a good writing uh pen you know just at, that's not a fountain pen something they can just throw around and uh, mess around with that's that's the ticket then they also have some of the platinum presidents down there which i know some people like that shape and feel of the platinum president over the 3776 which not you my don't president. often see those on not my president so yeah <laughs> all right so i got some looking to do after this show and we'll see We'll see what's up. <laughs> Penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Click the podcast uh, link at the top of the website. Use the password, Pen Addict. Our thanks to Penchalet for the support of this show and Relay FM. All right. I want to do a little quick 101 planner talk because it's that time of the year, Mike, where all the 2022 planners starting to come out. Don't I know it? Don't you know it? And I'm going to talk to you about planners too. Yep. But um, I really, now I'm starting to get questions, right, about planners. What should I buy? What should I do? Um, things like that. And it's impossible to cover everything going on in the world of planners. They're very particular. And it's it's really close to like what's going on in the world of pens there's so many planners there's so many pens there's so many different options that fit your needs mm-hmm. so i want to kind of lay out some basics here that if you're considering buying a planner for the first time or considering changing what you already use here's a couple things to consider right so i want to start with you mike and because you're not a traditional planner user you Mm -hmm. have digital planning which we're going to talk about some in here and then you have daily writing in the theme system Mm -hmm. which would not fall under the planner category in my mind is that fair i'm a digital planner and a paper journaler Yes, so that's exactly what, how I would put yeah. it too. So what I want to talk about is the people who want to take that digital planning style and move it onto paper or right. have it complementary like I do. Right. So that's the first question you have to ask yourself is, do I actually need a planner? Am I buying this stationary as a lot of us do just because it looks cool and I've heard nice things about it? And, you know, I just want to try it out. Well, planners are kind of hard to do that with because they're a commitment. Like if you buy a pen and you don't use it 24-7, well, it can sit there and you can pick it up again when you need it. Planners don't work that way. Planners you have to use at least on the daily, maybe on the week, depending on, on how you set things up. So they're more of a commitment. Do you need that commitment? Are you happy with your digital setup? Are you happy with your blank notebook or your note card, whatever you use on your desk to keep track of what you do? Who knows? So ask yourself that question first. Then 
if you need a planner, if you think, hey, maybe this paper planner would work, that's when like the real questions start to happen. How simple do you need it or how complex do you need it? Because let me tell you, <laughs> you can get every single bit of every single thing that you want um, with that. So, you know, do you need just a starter type of planner, an open layout planner, right? Just some general days and dates like Stayology or Hobonichi. They are essentially, you know, kind of one blank page per day and you can do whatever you want with it. You can integrate a bullet journal style, you know, to help you lay out your days. You can just have it more as a taskless to-do list. You can have it as part tasks, part journaling. You could have it all journaling. You know, that's the simple layouts. Then you can go all the way on the other end to something like a Jibun Techo where you have a two-page spread of a seven-day week where each day is vertical and each column is separated into 30-minute sections for a 24-hour day, <laughs> right? Can you imagine filling that out? And I've seen some of those filled out and they're amazing looking, but wow, that's an intense commitment to your scheduling. And like that's only part of what the Jibun Techo does and, and part of why it's popular. So think about doing some research and how I would do it and how I did do it when I was looking to change is I sketched out my own layout. I just took a blank notebook and said, what would my perfect layout look like? Okay, so I get out this page and I'd lay it out how I wanted to. For me, it was like an hour column down the left-hand side broken up into 30 minutes, but not for a 24-hour block from like a 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. type of thing. Um, and then on the same page, on the that would be on the left half of the page, then on the right half of the page would just be essentially an open column for notes. And... I would sketch that out for a couple days, try it, modify it, change the layout, and say, okay, this is my idea of what would work for me. Does this layout exist? And in my case, it did. I mean, I knew that ahead of time, but I wanted to write my own or sketch my own just to see if there was something I was missing or to see mm -hmm. if something I wanted different. And it turns out that like the layout I like, uh, I wouldn't say it's super common, but you can find it like it's reasonably common. So do that, you know, do you need an hour, you know, hour by hour column on your page or not? Do you need check boxes on your page or not? You know, what is your single page layout? Do you need your whole week over a two-page uh, spread? That's how I used to do it, right? I would have smaller blocks for individual days down the left side. Left side would be seven days uh, horizontally, not vertically, like in the Jibun Techo. And then the right page would be for notes for the entire week. And then I, can, I move that into a page, one page per day with time slots and notes. So you got to play around with this stuff. So that's what I suggest. Figure out what features you have to have. Figure out what's unnecessarily unnecessary. And figure out like what's extra. Like some notebooks have, you know, big swaths of open note space, right? You can go, like I've said, the Jibun Techo to me is like one of the most 
high maintenance type of planners where they're very detail oriented. And then you can go all the way to the other side of the ledger and stay in the planner planner realm with the Hobonichi Techo Day Free is what they call it. It essentially has your monthly calendars in the front for the year, like the two spa- two page spread calendar page, and then like 150 notebook pages, you know, journaling pages. I don't right. know the exact page count. So like you can get all of these things. That's like just a big open layout type of thing. So I got an email that kind of prompted this. And this is what you want to think about when you're looking at planners and how myself and other people in the community can help you kind of narrow down your, your ideas because it's always layouts are always changing. What you might have used from Leuch term for five years might not be available anymore, right? They might've changed the layout some, and now you're looking for something else. So I got someone's looking to switch planners and they gave me the very basics of what they need. And I like this. So this is from Marty says, I want a five, which is the size of the notebook. That's one thing I didn't talk about. These come in all different sizes. Mostly A5 though, right? I feel like seems to be a pretty standardized. Yep. A5 and then B6 is pretty common, which is slightly smaller. Um, And square, maybe not square. That's probably the wrong term, but a little bit smaller than A5. And then a lot of the Japanese brands will do like the A5 Slim, where it's a little tall and narrow. So... Um, but like no, Marty we says, love, we love non-standard sizing. Around <laughs> I like they've, they pretty much made, they all ganged up to, to decide that uh, a five slim is a thing. Okay. So Marty says, uh, I want a five. I want one page per day. That means like when you open your notebook, you have two pages facing you, but on one page, say on the left page is today. And then, the right page is tomorrow, and then you turn the page, and it's the day after that. It's on and on. So that's what one page per day with hour stickers along the left side. So like you know, just hour timestamps printed on there, kind of like kind of like mine is honestly what he's saying. And then to dos along the right side of the page. So maybe a more lined approach on the right side of the page for a to do list type of writing as opposed to me having an open page where I can do whatever I want. I can create my own to do list. Um, and then he also says, I want fountain pen friendly paper. That's another question you have to ask yourself. And then I want to spend between 30 and $35. Like that's kind of everything you need to say, does this product exist? And I think for Marty, like something, I don't know off the top of my head, but it wouldn't take me long to kind of poke around. And I think we can get pretty close to the check marks that that Marty has has asked us to uh, tick off here, and like that's the kind of things you need to be thinking about if you're thinking about a, a planner. Um, you know, just kind of lay it out yourself. Just do some chicken scratch on some blank pages and say, "Hey, does this work? If it does work, does it exist into a product I can purchase? And am I willing to commit to that for a year?" Um, I've found it to be helpful for me the way I schedule things to have a paper planner, um, which shouldn't come as a shock to anybody. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's complex and difficult to sh- go planner shopping. So if I can help in any way, let me know. I'm glad to. And then I'm going to end this off with a question for you, Mike, and a question for chat, which they can they can hit me on on Twitter or email. And I'm curious. And I posed this to Twitch chat and I assumed what the answer would be and I assumed correctly, but I was a little bit surprised. For someone who has used a lot of planners and for someone who has used a lot of pens 
if you're searching for a new planner, is the first thing you look for your first requirement the planner layout or the planner paper to use with your pens that you love? And I think the obvious answer and the answer that most people answered was the layout, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. what good is a planner if the layout doesn't work for you? Mm-hmm. But I think the opposite could be said, well, what good is the layout if the paper sucks and you're just frustrated using it the whole time? Would you switch pens to use a better planner layout? It depends how better we're talking. <laughs> right? So it's not as that Marty easy of a here, question. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, the way you're describing it, I mean, you seem pretty comp- like positive, but I feel like Marty wants something super specific. Mm-hmm. And if you can find that thing, which is so specific, but it's like the thing you've been looking for, mm-hmm. maybe it's worth making some um, trade-offs for the, for mm-hmm. the, like the perfect thing. Right. Like, so, for example, like, so I make the theme system journal, right? And and it mm-hmm. it's kind of funny, like, you were talking about, like, oh, you went out and made your own layout. I mean, you ended up working mm-hmm. with, like, getting it sorted with William Hanna. But for mm-hmm. me, again, this is journaling, not planning, but I wrote out my own journal layout in a Hobonichi, right? Like, I would yes. do it my own way and realized that I actually think this could be a little bit better for me. Uh, and so I ended up designing and producing a product around that that and then building it out to be like it's the system first and then the, the, there is the product right that you can that you right. can buy and put the system into effect if you think it will work for you yep um but i know that the paper that i use is not as good for my fountain pens as um tomorrow river paper mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's right. not the product I'm making. But I'm yep. I'm happy to be like, well, I'm going to use paper that is by and large better for most people rather than focusing on just like fountain pen performance because that's not the product that I'm selling. Like the product that we make is meant for everyone and Hobonichi Techo is not for everyone. Right. Right. It's like you, you got to kind of know, know, know our audience a little bit. Right. But mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm saying is like for me to get the perfect layout, I was willing to accept uh, not as nice an experience as a full on fountain pen paper would get me where I use a more generic paper, which I think performs great with fountain pens, but it's not like, right. perfect, you know? Right. So this puts a bow on my final point there you're almost never going to find the perfect planner right you're going to have to make some you know exceptions to the firm fast rules that you have mm-hmm. to get into a planner that works the best for you could be one layout item on the page doesn't suit you but you know 85% of it does suit your needs it could be that you're a hardcore fountain pen user and the paper is only average for fountain pens, so you might have to switch it up a little bit. That's the biggest thing you want to think about with planners. Like, you and I can find the perfect notebook that works for everything exactly how you want. When you start adding planner details into a notebook, that changes, right? It's hard to absolutely nail a planner 100% perfect for Because yeah, now needs. we're talking pre-printed, right? Like, that's the yep. thing. You can find the perfect notebook, but... 
Yep. I mean, and then you yep. guess you could just draw it out yourself, like we've that's both why, done. But. Well, that's why bullet journaling is so popular because yeah. you take your own and then you dial it into yourself. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's uh, planners are complicated and complex, and that's why we always talk about them so much because I find them interesting, just the design decisions, the design choices, and that's they actually help me do my day to day work. Where years ago I I didn't have like a planner, and um, now I'm I'm into it, but I'm not like. I'm I'm more on the basic side of the ledger than the Jibun Tetsu side of the ledger, but I, I do find them useful. So I wanted to put that out there now that it's uh, this month is when you're going to see most of the next year's planners launch. And so we're going to have a lot of questions on that. So I just wanted to kind of put a little few little nuggets out there for you to think about if you're shopping for planners. Yeah, Hobonichi's up already. Yes, Hobonichi's out. Uh, the Jibun Techos are next week. I, I don't have the dates in front of me, but you're, you're going to see pretty much everyone in like the next four to six weeks have their 2022 stuff out. Man, I hope one day I can do this kind of thing. It's like a goal <laughs> for me. Like, you know how they have these big things and it's like, here's the next year and these are all the accessories and now mm-hmm. we've got the different colors like oh man well that's a dream for me brad i'm not gonna lie yeah that'd be cool you know like we, it's we like oh do... it's theme system season like do we start <laughs> new? i mean yeah like you know like we are if people do it they buy them all year and we do sell them all year but mm-hmm. we're expecting the biggest time of year for us is always going to be the holidays we're going to find out this is this this is like you know we, we get there like we have no idea what it's going to be like for people going to jump on board again hopefully uh yep please yep. uh <laughs> com. and uh it would be amazing like one day to be at that point where we're like oh and this year you can get in this color and this color and this color and you know oh man it'd be awesome maybe yep. one day maybe one day i'd love to see it yeah i mean i would too all right let's uh take our final break and then we'll ask uh, answer some uh stpa to finish out today's episode This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Hey, if you're heading back into the office now, maybe you're getting out into the world a little bit more again, it might be time to start thinking about getting that fresh, clean, all-business look, and Harry's can help you. If you don't know Harry's, it's time you do. They were created to be different from other shaving companies, and they craft high-quality, long-lasting blades with durable weighted handles that make a close, comfortable shave quick and enjoyable. And because Harry's insists that you shouldn't have to choose between a great shave and a fair price, they give you both. With refill blades starting as low as two bucks, it's an easy decision. And new Harry's customers get their starter set, which includes a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover. It's a $13 value for just $3. Plus, Harry's offers a whole range of amazing face and body care products, all delivered right to your door that I know Brad Dowdy is a big fan of. I mean, just look. <laughs> look at me, Mike. So I mean, come on. Seriously. Harry's made that. Yeah, Harry's. <laughs> Body by Harry's. Um, yeah, I am a huge Harry's product lover. I think I am getting deeper and deeper into the Harry's ecosystem as the years go by because I love the blades, right? I love the handles. The shave is the best I've had in my life, without a doubt. And then, um, you know, I've mixed in a, f- a few of the other things that I've, I've checked out, mm. um, including my favorite hair paste ever, Mike. I mean, come on now. <laughs> come on now. It's important stuff. That, that is good stuff. Head of hair over there. Thank you. 
There's never been a better time to try Harry's. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict to get their starter set for just three bucks. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed, so you've got nothing to lose. That's harrys.com slash penaddict right now to get the special offer. Go there, check it out. That is H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Harry's for the support of this show and Relay FM. All right, we're going to finish out today with some hashtag AskTPA questions. The first comes from Lachi, I'm going to say, L-A-C-C-I. I keep forgetting to ask about the Morning Glory Mark III being discontinued. How's the Morning Glory Pro Mark? Is it a good replacement? Are there any other fine tip rollable gems hiding out there? I get a crazy amount of questions on the Morning Glory pens. I don't know anything about this pen. And I'll tell you why I get the questions and why you don't know anything about this pen. It's because it does it has a combination that you rarely see, which is a 0.38 millimeter tip with a rollerball ink, right? So it is a liquid ink, not a gel ink, not a ballpoint, and it's a needle tip. Mm, okay. So the famous pen in this category is the Pilot Precise, either the V5 yep. or the V7. Those are world-renowned famous pens. But no one's really done something comparable in a 0.38 tip size. Well, Morning Glory did, I don't know, many years ago. Gosh, I don't even know how long ago. Probably the last six, seven, eight years. And they were great. Like, it was like, oh my gosh, this is actually comparable to the Pilot Precise. It is that good. On top of that, they mixed in, you know, different colors. Like, I had a bunch of blue, black ones, still do. You know, and they do pink and oranges and purples and things like that. And they worked like that's one of the highest compliments that I can say about a pen like this is that it really, really worked when you wouldn't think it did. So people fell in love with them. And then I can't answer why they went away or why they're not available anymore. Maybe, you know, they're just not getting imported into the U.S. anymore. Maybe they don't exist anymore in their home market. I don't know. Um, and I haven't tried the Pro Mock Rollerball. I would wager it's just as good. But you can tell by, number one, the design of this pen, and number two, the offerings, that they have kind of reined it in a little bit. Like, this is back to the basics, office-style pen, three colors, blue, black, red. Still .38. I would imagine the, the tip and ink technology is still good, so they should be good. But... It's unfortunate we don't have access right now to more um, what the um, mm. what the original one used to be, the Mach Three, which was like it was just like this beloved pen, almost like a cult classic type of pen. Um, that once people discovered it, they didn't, you know, they wanted to know where this pen had been all their lives. So it's a, it's a really great pen, and uh, you know, I assume you're going to do okay with the new model, but it's just a little sad knowing what we used to have with that pin and how great it was and hopefully it's not gone gone hopefully it's just maybe an access thing um i haven't looked at the sourcing uh to see if it still exists out there i actually have one more question do you have any recommendations on grips to add to pens and pencils to people with arthritis or repetitive stress injuries i have several friends and family members who've asked me and i don't know where to point them this is a tough question because there's no real pen addict answer to this if that makes sense right mm-hmm. the stuff that we're into i can't say well if you're into like all of the things that we're into these are the type of grips you want to buy that are add-ons and accessories to your existing pens right and that's what we're looking for here is the add-on not the pen itself 
which they're mentioning, you know, they can recommend, you know, the wider diameter pins, the softer grips. Like I, I always recommend the uh, Uni Alpha Gel. Um, but wider grips help with that. But as far as the accessory itself to go on top of an existing grip, it's it's just not out there in our world, if you will. Like mm-hmm. you can find the basics at any store, and I'm sure that's what Lachi has done is is just taken what's available and what's available is not that great, um, what they're finding, but there's not actually an upgraded version of that in our world that I'm aware of. So if anyone has used anything, I know a lot of people will will reply with like their um their custom and like at home um made stuff, which I I've gotten a lot of feedback over the years on hey, I made this for my pen. But as far as a wide a more widely accessible thing, I, I really can't name one unfortunately. Yeah, it feels like almost like some kind of gel or like putty that you could put on the pen. Mm-hmm. Would probably be better, right? Because it could yeah, go on any some, pen and be shaped the exact way you need. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff you could mold. Yeah, around, mold. That's the, the word grips. I was looking for, mm-hmm. like something that you could mold around the pen. Yeah, I just don't know, like what the one is. Mm-hmm. You know, from from my perspective. So we would love to know if yes. anybody has a suggestion because it's a really good it's a really good tip. Yeah, and give. we definitely have we definitely have listeners who who would know who would know this and or into this thing and, and trying to solve these problems. So uh, reach out, hello at pinact.com, and I'll pass this along. This comes from Deborah. I use a Tootsby Eco and love it. Of course, why wouldn't you? My favorite ink is Vert Prix by Je Aubon. Mm. Do you buy a generic ink bottle that is a shape that makes filling easier? If so, which one? The J.O. Burn bottle is large on the bottom, which makes it impossible to fill from once it's two-thirds full. So, Brad, do you know of or do you ever buy I guess another bottle to decant the ink into so mm. you can actually fill it more easily I love this question so much this is a very pen addict podcast question mm-hmm. because this makes every bit of sense for someone to do who has a commitment to a singular ink that they love the most and use the most right so in my situation my decanting is grabbing one of the 200 bottles I have sitting on the shelf and just inking from there because I'm not that monogamous in my ink relationship, right? If I were, I would definitely get or find a bottle that was perfect for me and replace the ink that I loved in their not-so-great bottle and put it into the more accessible bottle. And what you what a lot of people will do is if say you know they love Orochizuku ink, well that's uh, okay. If they love Sailor ink in the ink pots, right? And those are traditionally poor, poor bottles um, to fill from after you know the first few fills. They're just short and flat, and you can't really get the nib all the way in there. Sometimes, would you get an Ackermann bottle, and after you've used that up? pour your sailor ink into that. I was like, I would a hundred percent do that. Like if that was an option, you know, I don't know. I think that's what a lot of people will do is they'll empty out the one ink bottle they love the most and then put their most favorite ink into that bottle. And that saves them from having to dry to buy a new bottle. But I mean, you can just buy empty. Maybe this makes me particular, but like I couldn't put 
the ink from another brand into another brand's bottle, I'd feel weird. <laughs> I would want to get some kind of plain bottle instead. Mm. Mm. As weird as I am about things, that wouldn't bother me. Hmm. Interesting, but I I don't know. I like you can find the generic ink bottles and ink wells. What you would look for is, yep. is like if you were searching for it online, you'd look for an ink well, not necessarily an ink bottle, and you would get returns of like bottle shaped designs for you to fill your ink from. A lot of them were designed for dip nibs, so they still may have some of the depth problems in the bottles um, that you're running into with a Jaeger bomb. But um, you could start your search that way. I just it, don't know. It never ceases to amaze me how many ink bottles are not good for filling pens from. It's crazy, right? And I, I kind of can't understand that. Like, why? Yeah. If you're going to make a big bottle, which I don't necessarily think is a great thing anyway, because the bigger the bottle is, the harder it is. You need mm-hmm. to come up with some kind of system like the <laughs> Akamon system. Yeah. Where it's, that's the little chamber in the top that you actually do the filling from. Right. If you have a, I get huge a huge bottle of ink, like, yeah. like the Hiroshi Zuku big bottles are like this. Like you yeah. get to a certain point and it's like you, you're doing some kind of gymnastics to try and fill the thing. <laughs> I get so much joy from bad ink bottle designs. It's just almost a given, right? Especially when someone's trying to be unique with their ink bottles and not just doing something standard and going, mm-hmm. this actually takes three hands to fill. <laughs> It's like it it makes you it makes you wonder like have you like have you actually used it? Are people using this product? Like and and I know that sounds so redundant like so yeah. redundant isn't the word, but you kinda know what I'm getting at. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. it just sound reductive. It sounds so reductive as a thing to say. But sometimes it's like, well, I can't understand otherwise why it is this way. Like if you've ever yeah. used a product like this, you would you would understand how at some point <laughs> People are just going to get frustrated with your design, and if people are frustrated with your design, they're probably not going to buy it again. Yeah, I think we need to get the the Pokemon Energel designers to make an ink bottle for us. They just put they just put barcodes all over it. It would and be the, upside down. It I was, was going to say the good designs yeah. on the bottom, <laughs> so you never actually see it. <laughs> I have one last question for you today, Brad. Before we wrap up. Uh, right. This one comes from Matt. Matt wants to know, how long can you store ink before it will spoil or degrade in quality? As all great answers go, it depends. Yeah. Right? So, in general, with nothing going on, there's no reason your ink shouldn't last you like a decade. Or, you know, five to ten years. Whatever. Just random perfect situation it should last you a long time like you shouldn't hesitate to use it after years and years and years and years the problem is we have ink stored in different manners in different lights in different temperatures and manufacturers that use different properties and chemicals to keep their ink happy and healthy that we don't know you know we don't may not have extended test runs on Mm -hmm. (laughs) so without getting into like all the chemistry stuff that i don't know you should assume that if you're buying a bottle of ink and you're storing it properly and the temperature's you know, managed and it's not in the sunlight for 12 hours a day that it's going to last you as long as you're using the pen or paper that you're 
you're going to use. I wouldn't put it under like a good 10 years or so. Like it's just not going to go bad in a reasonable use time frame. Cool dry place. Cool dry place. My all my ink is stored in a in a dark closet. You know, I go in, turn on the light, grab my ink and leave. You know, just don't leave it out. Don't leave it in somewhere where the temperature is going to change a lot and don't leave it exposed to sunlight a lot and it's going to last just an infinite amount of time. I would not worry about it unless you're in an extreme situation, an extreme environment, or have an extreme ink. So, yeah. I I don't know how to answer it better than that. Seems fine for me. Uh, but, if you'd yeah. like to send in uh, a question for a future episode of the show, it's very easy to do so. You can send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA. You can use question mark AskTPA in the RelayFM members Discord, or you can email that question to hello at penaddict.com. Uh, thank you so much for checking out this week's episode. If you want to find show notes, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 478. Thank you so much to Squarespace, Penchalet, and Harry's for their support of this show. Uh, I recommend that you all go to stjude.org slash relay, make a donation to help uh, support the mission of St. Jude. And when you do, send your email receipt to stjude at penaddict.com and you'll be entered in to our raffle for St. Jude, which is going to be super great. If you want to find Brad online, you can go to spokedesign.com, penaddict.com. He's penaddict on Instagram, dowdyism on Twitter, Brad on micro.blog, and Brad streams three times a week at twitch.tv slash penaddict. Uh, I'm at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Do not forget to check out the St. Jude, uh, Real FM for St. Jude podcast-a-thon on uh, September 17th, starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash RelayFM. We'll see you there. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week. Well, Brad will. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.